Welcome to the Philosophy Podcast, where host and lacrosse expert Jamie Monroe will do what he does best, talk about lacrosse. Each episode will provide listeners with education, insights, stories, and lessons about the lacrosse world. We will discuss current events, coaching, philosophies, and college lacrosse recruiting. Now let's get started with your host, Jamie Monroe. How's it going, everybody? Really excited to welcome Jake Elliott to the Philacrosophy podcast. He's the voice of the Saskatchewan Rush and has probably called more box lacrosse games than any human being on the planet. Jake, welcome to the show. My pleasure to be here. I always get a good kick out of uh, you Yankees, you Americans, and when you say Saskatchewan, I always get a, a good, everybody kind of says it differently. Uh, you actually did quite well with it uh, for your first go there, Jamie. Well done. Well, thank you very much. You know, us Yankees, we have a hard time pronouncing things in our own country like Oregon. No, uh, great to be back with you. Always love talking lacrosse with, uh, with Jamie Monroe. And, and you do so much uh, south of the border with, with all your stuff. And you're so I, – I really enjoy talking to you because you're so technically advanced in all the different ways that uh, you get your content out. I, I really enjoy watching all your stuff and um, always enjoy talking lacrosse with you. Yeah, likewise. And I always enjoy listening to you. Now, for those listeners that don't know, I listened to a lot of Jake Elliott when he was calling Minto Cup games long before I met him. And uh, my son had the opportunity to play in a few of them. And, uh, you know, everybody um, knows that Jake's a Coquitlam uh, alum. And he does a really good job of being um, uh, as objective as one could be. But, man, that was some pretty good moments when they won those championships, eh? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my screensaver on, on my computer is literally the, the, you know, the celebration photo. And, uh, you know, for most people know, I got the logo stamped on the back of my leg. So I run pretty deep <laughs> as far as the purple and gold goes. And uh, it was a pleasure watching your boy. I've got not many, not many guys could say they are two-time Minto Cup champions. And uh, your son Colin can do that. And that's, uh, that's pretty special. That's two more than I ever got. Yeah, it's pretty cool. The Philacrosophy Podcast is brought to you in part by the JM3 Coaches Training Program, now featuring a seven-day free trial period. And here's your host, Jamie Monroe, with more information on how you can get your hands on some of the best lacrosse content out there for free. How's it going, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in to my podcasts. I've had so much fun doing them. I only wish that I'd started recording my lacrosse conversations like 25 or 30 years ago. Now, if you like these podcasts, you will love the content I've created in the JM3 coaches training programs and the academies. Whether you're a coach or a player or a parent, there's so much great information for you guys. I've done this content for men's lacrosse and women's lacrosse, for box lacrosse, field lacrosse, youth lacrosse. And the great news is I've created a seven-day free trial. So if you're tired of endlessly searching the internet for great content, just go to www.jm3sports.com slash free trial. And you can get access to all of the content I've created for free for seven days. Trust me, when you take a look at it, you're going to want more. Almost everybody gets hooked. All right. Enjoy the rest of the podcast. Well, let's, um, let's talk about NLL in this season. Um, I am so excited that it's uh, box across season again. You know, we go, we get it all summer long and then we get a little bit 
you know, October, November, it gets a little boring and then it cranks up again. And it's a pretty special year, um, given the fact that there's been expansion over the last two years and some realignment. So can you just uh, kick us off with that and sort of how these leagues are shaking out with uh, realignment and expansion? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I love the fact that you call it box lacrosse too, by the way, Jamie, uh, instead of indoor lacrosse. It's kind of been a bit of a running debate since the World Championships uh, a couple of months ago here in Langley. And, uh, you know, listen, you can play field lacrosse indoors, you can play box lacrosse outdoors, but uh, indoor, outdoor can get a little sketchy. So box, field, well done on that. Uh, NLL realignment, uh, Halifax going from Rochester, uh, the same. Now, this stay with me here because this gets a little bit confusing. But the roster, the coaching staff, the owner, the records, everything from the Rochester Nighthawks now in Halifax, and they are called the Thunderbirds. And with that, an expansion team was awarded back to Rochester. So the Nighthawks, the name Nighthawks still remains in Rochester, but the team itself has moved to Halifax. So there's one team, new Rochester, but they are still called the Nighthawks. Um, and then, of course, uh, we're, we got Philadelphia and San Diego, who came in a year ago, and they're in their second season now. And yeah. with that, three divisions now in the National Lacrosse League instead of two. So in one division, uh, and I'm still wrapping my head around this a little bit, so you have Halifax, Toronto, Buffalo, Rochester. Correct. In another division, you have Georgia, New England, the Riptide, and Philadelphia. Yep. And then the West stays the same with Calgary, Colorado, San Diego, and Saskatchewan. So and four teams Vancouver. in two divisions, five teams. Uh, yeah, and, and of course, Vancouver, where I'm from. And so five teams in the West, two four-team divisions in the East. And uh, it's a new playoff format as well, where top two all get in to the playoffs in their divisions. And then a couple of wildcard teams, so kind of similar to the NFL playoff okay. model now. As we continue to evolve and, and grow in the National Lacrosse League, I, the plan is to have three more teams introduced over the next three years, according to the commissioner. So I think that'll probably get rejigged again. I would expect a Western team to come in there and probably maybe even two Western teams and one more Eastern team and just balance things right out and have an 8-8. Eight eight. And then I think you'll see the division alignment and probably playoff structure change once again. Right. Okay, well, let's start in the East. Uh, Georgia, New England, Philadelphia, New York. Maybe you can – let's kick it off talking, to, talking about the 2-0 uh, Georgia Swarm. I mean, mm -hmm. one of the most fun teams to watch with some of the greatest players on the planet. Tell us a little bit about that team and those players. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you, you probably start with Lyle Thompson, I would think, uh, Jamie, and, and he and his brother Miles uh, feature prominently on that offense, along with uh, Randy Stotts uh, out of Syracuse, of course. And, and then they got Ted Williams, who was ultra impressive to me at the World Championships and a guy that I think is really going to take a giant leap forward this year and, and really put people on notice of what kind of ball game he can play. He has been uh, just projecting like skyward here yeah he's he's really fun to watch so they got uh, Shane Jackson and then of course the veteran Jordan Hall on the other side as well 
And uh, a very high-powered offense. They got an established goaltender who actually just set a record. Uh, Mike Goulin, who I believe, we believe, uh, a few of my analysts uh, – Appears that Kulin has become the first National Lacrosse League goaltender to make 2,000 saves with two different teams, wow. uh, which has never been done before, as, as far as we can tell. So uh, there was questions maybe about George's defense, and and if there was going to be a weak spot on that team, could they hold up defensively? But like you just mentioned, they're two and zero through the first uh, two games of the year. They've allowed four goals against uh, the Nighthawks, and then six goals against the wing so not the toughest schedule to begin for georgia but 10 goals against in two games and they're putting up 14 15 goals for um they for me they're the best team in the east and uh, until somebody shows me differently that they're my pick to to make it to the nol cup out of the east so what makes lyle thompson so special in your opinion well i think he's a guy that can play any kind of game that you want uh, for me the most impressive thing about Lyle Thompson is maybe his motor and and you think like ah yeah this guy I I honestly believe this Jamie and I don't think I can say this about any other player in the game I think Lyle could play a full 60 minute game and not come off the turf like I honestly believe wow. that uh, and and he can play defense. He is an excellent draw man. <laughs> you need him yeah. to like he never take. Nobody knows that really. But I've watched Lyle taking up faceoffs where he could dominate the faceoff dot if he wanted, and that's because he's gone up against his big brother Jeremy his entire life by the backyard right. taking draws. And Jeremy, of course, one of the best in the game as well. So somebody had to face off against big brother Jared, and it was usually Lyle that was doing that. But he's so dynamic uh, with with his offensive ability, his vision, his shooting, his creativity. Like I, I could just go on for an hour about Lyle Thompson and everything that he does on the floor. But I just, it's like, for me, it's, he plays the game exactly the way the sport is meant to be played. Right. His, his repertoire of things he does is like none other. I mean, you can watch a game, whether he, you can watch a play, whether it's a goal or not, if you really dig in, to the amount of deception and I just want to call it fluency that this guy mm. has. Yeah. Um, it's, it's absolutely incredible. And athletically, you know, you don't think of him that's, I mean, he's an unbelievable athlete. He can, he can out quick you. He's so much stronger than he kind of looks yeah. but really it's, he does it with his mind and his skills more so than anything. Well, and I think, uh, you know, probably next to his motor, his mind is so superior. Like, you will never, ever see Lyle Thompson say one word to an official. Even if he gets two-handed cross-checked in the back of the neck and tripped down and mugged, he will get up and run back and start playing defense or get to the bed. Like, he yeah. – and, I like, I don't know how he does – how he controls himself to not get out of his zen or his flow or whatever yeah. you want to call it. Like, it, it is – it's incredible. And uh, for people that don't know, like – his training regimen is insane. Like he drinks two gallons of water a day, a day. And he, and he stretches for it. He can almost do the splits. And I don't know too many adult males that can do the full on splits. Uh, he's been working at that for a long time. So he stretches for a good hour a day. He works out for an hour a day. He, um, I think he meditates as well. Like he's got this, this regimen that he's doing on the daily that I, I, I don't think it's, it's unmatched really. For any listeners out there, just if you haven't done this, 
do yourself a favor and Google Lyle Thompson highlight video. You will see the greatest lacrosse highlights that you've ever seen in your life. I've never seen a better highlight video uh, than his like 2018 highlight video, except maybe the 2019 highlight video. On that team, though, changing gears, mm. I think, you know, obviously his brother Miles is incredible um, as well. And a little bit of a different player in the sense that he plays really more off the ball and Lyle's a more with the ball type of a guy. But I want to talk about Randy Stotts because I, I feel like Randy is maybe the most underrated player in the world in field and box. I think he is so such an incredible player. Um, he's so tough. He's got such good vision. Um, he's unselfish. Unbelievable shooter. And, and as a picker off the ball, I mean, this guy yeah. is just incredible. He's a little bit greasy, too, uh, which I don't think uh, gets mentioned very much either. But you mentioned incredible shooter. And when I think Randy Stotts, that's, that's the first thing that comes to my mind is his shot. And not only his shot, like his release and his accuracy that he gets with it. And he can be off balance. He can be screened. He can be closely checked and still manages to find balls just inside the pipe or in the corners. And... Um, you're right. Like, I think he gets overshadowed a little bit, right? Because he does play with Lyle and Miles and, and Shane and, and guys that are maybe a little more flashy and putting up the points, but Randy just kind of goes about his business. And um, I think the sky's the limit for this guy. Like, he's, he still hasn't reached his prime. No. And the crazy part of it all is his younger brother is maybe even better at box right. lacrosse than him. And, and I'm yeah. sure we'll talk about Austin a little bit later. We will. Have you seen Randy's spin seal? that he does oh no like you'll have to i'm sure i have but maybe it's incredible I and i kind of noticed um i noticed wild doing it during the course of the summer um during um when six nations was battling in the finals against peterborough but they do this you know a, a, a big uh, way of playing your two-man game in box is seal your own man down so the dodger can come over the top and shoot it right, right. and they do this thing where it looks like they're just going to set the pick and then all of a sudden, they kind of hook you with – so if it's a righty, they hook you with a left elbow and spin. And all of a sudden, they're on the other side of you, driving you right in. Oh, sure, yeah. It's unbelievable. Dude. Yeah. So it's almost like I, I would kind of relate that to a double pick, right? Like you set him up like that. So he's trying to fight through over the top on you, and you just kind of let him go. And then all of a sudden, you turn around, you up pick him, and you're going the other way on him. So that's uh, – pretty that's yeah, and, and that's something you'll do in a game where um, you'll you'll do like a, a seal pick two or three times your first time out of, out of the gate in the first quarter, and then you're on the bench, okay, we've set him up, let's run the up pick now. And so that defender's got in mind, here it comes again, here it comes again, and then that's when you get him because all his momentum is thinking, this is coming, and then you run that on him, and he's just gone. Like, you're gone. So that's a lot of – communication on the bench and kind of knowing when to run that and and the more you play together with somebody the the easier that kind of message will will get where to to the point where you don't even need to talk about it. you just right. know to do it you just start doing it all right let's talk a little bit about um the 2-0 new england black wolves yeah i uh, just got uh the black wolves front and center there last weekend in saskatchewan so pretty impressive for the black wolves they get two road wins to start the year and, and that's the amount of road wins that they got for the entire year last year so wow. a team that really struggled on the road they went nine and nine they did very well at home but did very poorly on the road 
And now they start this year with wins over Toronto and Saskatchewan on the road, which I think is the most impressive thing. And for me, uh, you know, 14-year vet Callum Crawford and, and the pace that he has continued to play at, the, the level he has continued to play at has been ultra impressive. Uh, but for me, it's been the goaltender in Dougie Jameson who has really stepped to the forefront here. New England had kind of made the decision. Dougie was going to be their guy. They had Bouquet. They had Jameson. They left Bouquet unprotected. and He got snapped up in the expansion draft, which really threw Dougie into the starting role. And there was questions around it. Could he be the number one guy? A little bit of a shaky start to his career, but he has uh, played exceptionally well in the first two games. They got a very young, athletic, aggressive bunch of guys in their back end that just want to prove themselves in this league. And they play some entertaining lacrosse and, and have a pretty well-balanced attack up front as well. Who are, who are some of their other top offensive guys? Well, you got uh, Riley O'Connor, um, who won Minto Cups with the Whippy Warriors back in his junior days. Uh, you got Steph LeBlanc, of course, a longtime Toronto Rock player. Uh, Joe Rezateritz, uh, who I'm sure you'll be familiar with, Jamie, a first yeah. American-born player to score 100 points in a season for a National Lacrosse League player. Wow. Um, so he's, he's found some nice chemistry over there with Callum. They got uh, the young upstart American there, Davey Amala. Uh, let me think who else they got uh, over there. I know Derek Downs is over there. He didn't play, but I, again, like I just uh, and they got a bunch of production out of their out of their transition as well, and that's uh, that's really what's made them the most effective in this first two games is that they're getting production offensively, and, and Callum's kind of the guy that stirs the drink there. But they're getting production in transition, which really helps uh, that team win games. How about that rookie Andrew Q? He makes a big yeah. difference on the left side Ab of well, the team as well. Sorry, Jimmy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, he was projected to be the number one overall pick coming into the draft. And a lot of people surprised when Tyson Gibson was selected number one overall. I think it was always the plan for Ryland Reese to end up at Rochester. But when Andrew Q fell to the New England Blackwood, Jordan Durston, another guy that's made a huge difference on that New yeah. England team on that offensive side. So he's kind of the guy that does all the dirty work on that side of the floor. And I think he's the perfect guy for Andrew Q as well because his biggest asset is his outside shot, and Durston loves to open up guys to to take outside shots. So, um, real good mix there. Of you know, you got some veterans, you got some young guys, you got some you know kind of grinders up there as well that are going to do the dirty work for guys like Crawford and, and Q, and then uh, and then a young athletic transition group. So I got a chance to coach Callum Crawford briefly with the Atlanta Blaze a couple summers ago. Uh, watched him a ton when he was with the Colorado Mammoth. And uh, this guy, for those people that haven't watched him play, you should. He is an absolute beast of an athlete. With just incredible combination of vision and ability to get to the net. And he used deception to get to the net as well as anybody. He just, he's such a good feeder that everyone expects that he might pop a BTB or something, but then next thing you know, he's faking his way right to the middle. Um, and uh, just an amazing uh, go to the goal playmaking righty. Yeah, I don't know if he can really say it any better than that, man. He's, he's got one of the best, I like to call it uh, the crowbar as well. When he's trying to beat you one-on-one, -on -one, he kind of posts up. And like yeah. you said, that little hook move that, yeah. that you do on the picks. He uses that with the ball and his stick to get the step on you. 
And um, like I said, one of the best finishers. He's kind of been an innovator as well. We've seen the the dive shot or the dunk shot really become kind of in vogue in the National Cross League. He's a guy that will run at the crease and then go vertical. So he's not diving, so he doesn't scrape up his knees and his elbows or whatever when, when he's diving. But he'll go up in the air like he's going to dunk a basketball. But what it does is he can go into the cylinder, right? Because you can break the plane in the National Crossing. So he's going up and into the crease. Yeah. And then he's got all this time to decide what he wants to do while he's up in the air. And, and that's how he beats goaltenders. And nobody else was really doing that until Callum Crawford started doing it. Interesting. Yeah. And he kind of like fakes low high and the goalie's exploding up yeah. as, he, as he's doing. And then he can come it. across, he can go whatever way he wants to go with it. But he's still oh, yeah. going up as he's putting the ball down and it, it just screws goalies up. <laughs> because I don't know, it's something they haven't seen before, right? It's, it's kind of new to the game. Yeah. And just so the listeners know what Jake's talking about as far as the crowbar in field across is called a rip move. But if you're a right-handed player being guarded by a right-handed cross check, it's where you basically use your left elbow to hammer his left hand, his fist, right off you. And all of a sudden you feel like you're in a good position, and then all of a sudden you're behind the guy. And uh, it's pretty uh, pretty awesome. He gets mad. He gets mad when I bring that up, when I identify that on broadcast. He's like, quit telling people what I'm doing, Jumbo. He, he doesn't uh, – <laughs> He doesn't like it when I mention it. He's not the only one. I, I remember um, talking to Dangerous Dan Dawson like 15 yeah. years ago. And he's like, yeah, well, if I'm being guarded by a righty, I do a crowbar. And if I'm being guarded by a lefty, I swim. I, was like, I, oh. I Literally, I attribute the swim move. I had never seen anyone do it in box across before Dan Dawson. So I call him kind of the innovator of the swim move. And he was so tall and lanky and kind of skinny back back you yeah. know we were talking 15 16 years ago man he used to light guys up with that move and nobody could stop him with it because they okay. again these guys hadn't seen this move before and all of a sudden the six eight guys just swimming over top of you and sliding by you and they're going like what was that the way he described it was he would spin underneath as a, as he was as he, as if he was faking that he was going to go underneath with a spin move and then he'd start coming back top side and selling it hard and then he'd just pretty much ole his guy as he was yeah. reaching on a cross check and then in box you're allowed to use your off hand to kind of give him a little pat on the back and a push through and uh, that, <laughs> a that little bit field, a little bit yeah. in field you're going to get uh, called an award on that i mean well, they do they that. they do have a rule for that in box across it's called free hand uh, but it literally never gets called. Yeah. Well, never. if you don't punch him in the face, you're pretty much allowed yeah, to pretty, the guy on the back. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the second-year Philadelphia Wings franchise. Yeah, um, pretty disappointing year for Philadelphia last year, I would say. A lot of one-goal, two-goal losses in their year. You know, a year they didn't pick up a whole lot of wins. They had goaltending issues. Um they didn't get Kevin Crowley until later on in the year. He's there now for a full season. He was there through training camp. They have addressed their goaltending issues, I would say. Yeah. Uh, Zach Higgins and, and B. Miller there now. So they've re really rejigged uh, their goaltending. And, and I think another year for guys like Matt Rambo and, and Trevor Baptiste are going to help those guys kind of settle into to their roles. I would look – I think they're they're going to be scrapping. I, th I still think they're probably going to miss the playoffs here, Jamie. I, I, 
I just don't know if they got enough to, to battle in that division with New England and Georgia after seeing what they got in the first, especially getting down, you know, those two teams out to a 2 no start. And, uh, it's it's going to be tough for Philadelphia, but I think they're going to be better for sure than they were yeah. a year ago. Well, they had a lot of one-goal losses last year. I mean, it was a lot. heartbreaking. A lot. They were kind of – But like, you know what? Like, they had I, a lot of leads, too. No, yeah, and they, they blew a lot of leads, which, uh, you know, they, at the beginning of the year, they had trouble kind of getting out of the gate to start yeah. games, and at the end of the year, they had trouble finishing off games at the end of the year. So, some issues there for sure, and I think, you know, after a year, Paul Day and that group will kind of take all that data and, and figure out how to fix that. He's a really good coach and a GM, yeah. and he knows what he's doing there. So, uh, they'll figure it out. may take a little bit of time for the wings, but um, – Brett Hickey, of course, coming back in that lineup as well. Remember, he went down in week one, their top pick in yeah. the expansion draft. He got to play one game before blowing out his knee, and, and so he's back to 100% health. Uh, tough game, obviously, to start against Georgia, especially on the road. So I want to give these guys three or four games to kind of see how it pans out for them before I start uh, kind of pegging them in. But I, I, they're in tough against New England and Georgia. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I love the fact that Philly has always had – a lot of Americans on the rosters and uh, yeah. especially as O guys. I mean, everybody can throw an American in on defense or a, you know, face off guy or something, but, um, but Matt Rambo and blaze reared it. I mean, Matt Rambo was, you know, the PLL MVP. Scoring leader, MVP, MVP winner, playoff MVP. Everything, uh, right? Yeah. A Tuaraton winner for sure. And then, um, you know, blaze, his PLL coach, uh, we had him on, on last class and, and he's like, he said, he's, one of the best attackmen in the game, and he's played in goal. He's, he's a goalie of the year. Goal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so uh, he's quite the he's quite the story and quite the athlete. That a guy he like is, that man. can play goaltender and field lacrosse and be near the top of the game, and then play forward in box lacrosse and be one of the best at that as well. It's uh, you don't see that. We saw Matt Vince, oh. of course, who who's a long pole for Team Canada for years, and then yep. probably the best goaltender in box lacrosse that the sport's ever seen. Um, but to see it the other way around was uh, a little it bit is. interesting. And then you got Dylan Ward, who's probably the best goaltender in box and field. Right. So uh, five years ago, I went to the Founders Cup when mm. put a team in, and my son was on the roster. And Blaze Reardon, it was on the Aquasasne roster. Right. Yeah. No. And that uh, was the first time I ever saw him play box, and I was like, "Oh, that's the goalie from Albany." And I, I can't remember. This is a while ago. I can't remember if he was the. It might have been the summer right after he had that unbelievable goal in the playoffs against Cornell where he kind of – The full around, yeah, yeah. Goal. The sweatpants and all that, yeah. Yeah. But um, unbelievable. And I, I think Rambo is just going to get better. He is a beast. He is not afraid. He's got to figure it out. Skills. He, yeah, he he's, he's too good out. not to figure it out. He's he too will. good not to figure it out. Yeah. He's going to get a chance. He's going to get a chance to do just that. Um, okay, so let's talk about the expansion New York Riptides. Yeah, so again, I, I mentioned that uh, Reggie Thorpe surprising a lot of people picking Gibson ahead of Q. And uh, strangely enough, he actually helped his scratch Gibson in Vancouver last weekend. So I don't know exactly what's going on there. Um, that's not something <laughs> you want to have happen or want to do or feel the need to do is, is healthy scratch your number one pick in game two of the season. So that's a little concerning, I would say. But again, similar to Philadelphia, uh, a team that is going to go American here a little bit, it looks like. They're, I think, willing to go through some growing pains 
to bolster their roster with some American born players and connect with the community that they're in. You know, they got some Long Island guys on that squad, McArdle, um, probably at the top of the list. And I think they're kind of willing to to go through some growing pains, but establish themselves as a predominantly American born roster. Uh, that they're going to give a bunch of guys a chance to to learn the game and play, and, and you know, hopefully they they pick up a few wins along the way. They've they've struggled out of the gates, zero and two uh, losses against Halifax and Vancouver. So uh, we'll see how it goes. And they got they got their home opener coming up uh, at the end of the month. Except they're they're taking on the three time champion Saskatchewan Rush, who are coming off a loss. So I'm not uh, too high on their chances in that one but uh you'd never know in the national lacrosse league i saw a patented uh jean-luc chetner oh. uh, curveball to the top left in the last game perfect angle for him making it look like he's doing his short side low and putting it right. the far side high uh former adenac uh who else we got yeah. zachary wires a loyola uh graduate uh brampton guy really good athlete lefty um you know strong dan lomas High Point University from Burlington, um, another so, really, really good lefty. And just uh, any thoughts on any any? Well, I'm thoughts? just saying, like you, you mentioned, these guys, Haywires, Lomas, Jetner, um, these are guys that have had a little sniff, had a cup of coffee, and got a couple of games in, but now they're being put into a full time role, right? Now they're playing a regular shift. They're playing on the power play. They're they're regulars in the lineup, and that's something that these guys like Haywires and Lomas, in particular, have really scrapped over the last two or three years to get playing time. And now they're getting it, and they're realizing, hey, this is no joke, right? You're going up against best defenders in the world on a nightly basis, and it's a tough grind. So. It, that's the kind of players that are kind of filling the riptide roster right now. Guys that have yeah. been knocking on the door, but now are getting an opportunity. So it's a big jump, man. It's it's not an easy thing to step in and, and all of a sudden be a, a full-time prominent player in the league. It, it takes a little time. Yeah, no question. The Philocrosophy Podcast is made possible in part by the JM3 Video Assessment Tool. There's no question that video is critical to player development. One way or another, your son or daughter must utilize video to learn their game and the game. To learn more, see video testimonials, or register, go to www.jm3sports.com forward slash video right now.